What? Hello, beautiful people of the world, and welcome to Poly at Conversations, where we talk about timely topics about the media's political economy. I am Rawi Subnet alongside Natalie De La Cruz, and we are students taking up BMAS 109, Political Economy of Broadcast Media, under Mam Cherish Brillion. Hello, hello. So for this podcast, we want to share with you some of our learnings from our class and how we see it reflected in the media we consume today. Which is why we're serving you today's topic, which is entitled, Mental Health Issues. For Sale? Hmm, napaka-interesting ang title na to, to be honest. Kasi, why would someone try to sell mental health issues? I mean, who would want to buy your problems, right? That's right. That's because these mental health issues are going to be sold in a way that people would want to consume it. And what's the best way to consume drama and heavy emotional burden nowadays than through binge-watching a TV series? Mm, okay, okay. So you mean we're talking about mental health issues, but as portrayed in TV shows and series? Exactly. And uh, before we begin, I just want to say that uh, to our dear audience, please note that this podcast may contain heavy and triggering topics such as depression and suicide. If you are not comfortable hearing these topics be discussed, you are free to pause this episode and not listen to the rest of it. We as podcasters don't want to cause our listeners to relive any trauma that they might have related to these topics, and we advise them to do what they think is best for them. And that's right. You may opt not to listen or to proceed with caution. But before jumping right into it, let's first lay out the terms and define them so it's easier to follow the conversation. Now, Political economy may sound worthy and a bit heavy, but simply put, it's basically the study or body of knowledge about the different political and economic factors that can affect the way our media is created and consumed. That's absolutely right, Natalie. We'll be delving into the content commodification of mental health issues as well. But before that, what is commodification and content commodification? So, commodification is when you turn a resource into something valuable, something that you can exchange for money. Like, for example, you can sell your skills as a writer, or you can sell your ideas and turn them into novels or stories, and sell them into newspapers and become part of their segments. Thanks, Natalie. That last example actually shows content commodification, which is when you turn different ideas, themes, or information into the media that we consume. And one of those topics that have been used by producers in recent years is mental health and the different types of mental health disorders. Hindi nga ba, parang makikita natin na laging napag-uusapan na ngayon ng mental health, lalo na sa social media. Um, I've seen a lot of infographics and a lot of reminders to take care of yourself, you know, through posts or like um, pictures. And even people have recently been opening up about it. Yes, um, I too have seen a lot of infographics, posts, and tweets in my social media feeds about mental health, especially in this past year. It's actually great that it's been popping up everywhere because mental health has always been stigmatized, largely in part because of the fact that it's a very sensitive topic that people tend to avoid when, in fact, it should be talked about more often. I agree, because the thing is, you don't hide if you're suffering from, let's say, cancer or diabetes. It's, it's an actual health problem. There's actually a worldwide movement of mental health awareness to be recognized as an actual health problem. Despite it not being a physical one, it is still health, of course. 
and the UN are holding events regarding mental health. And October 10 is recognized by the UN as being World Mental Health Day. And the second week of October being recognized as National Mental Health Week here in the Philippines. I think it's also great that a lot of global public figures have come to talk out to talk about it. Because one notable example would be the current WBC and lineal heavyweight champion of the world, Tyson Fury, if you know them. For those unaware, he fell into a deep depression from 2016 to 2018, taking a hiatus from boxing where he almost committed suicide. But thanks to the people around him, he was able to make a comeback and become a world champion once again. Now championing mental health advocacies and sharing his story to help others through their mental health struggles. Thanks for that information, Natalie. I do love me some Tyson Fury and heavyweight boxing. But back to the topic at hand. It's also really helped that there is a trend and an ongoing movement to get rid of the stigma. And although there's no clear start of you know where this movement began, there's definitely an improvement in the way people perceive mental health. People in social media have been talking about it, like you said, posting informative and caring posts to uplift people suffering, especially now in this pandemic where, let's be honest, all of our mental healths are struggling. You know, we're all stuck with the anxiety of us and our family's health being at risk. And we all have the anxiety of not being able to see people enough because we're naturally social beings. And, you know, we all have the anxiety of working and studying at home, which, you know, I think you and I know very well. And there's so many other factors that just affect our mental health. And if us quote-unquote average Joes are struggling, what about those who are more vulnerable? That's true. That's why media platforms are very helpful in these situations to spread the word. Um, it brings awareness and it provides help to those who need it. But then again, media platforms are also double-edged swords. As always... And there have been companies and businesses that try to take advantage of this and make profit out of it. You know where there's a story after all. There's always something that can be commodified or turned into a product. For example, uh, a t-shirt would encourage people to consume your product in a good way, of course. Specifically in the context of media, uh, people can write and produce stories about people suffering from mental health and capitalize on it. And this is where it can get tricky because although TV shows and series can be a good platform for raising awareness, it all depends on how the producers depict mental health. The biggest issue when it comes to commodified mental health TV series and films isn't necessarily making shows or films about mental health for profit, but rather it's the portrayals of mental health that come from the series and films because they have real life implications and ultimately play a big part in how people perceive individuals with mental health issues. Um, thankfully, there are shows that are portraying mental health issues in a good light. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, where the main character, Rebecca Brunch, has a mental health issue and is diagnosed with Borderline Personality Disorder, or BPD. Uh, this show is praised for portraying people with mental illnesses as complex human, and not simply portraying them as a one-sided character like a hero or villain. So, we actually see them struggle, but there's also hope. I also watched a K-drama called It's Okay Not To Be Okay, which introduces us to a number of people who suffer from different mental illnesses. Although overall the story had a good message, it was still in the same genre or theme that mental health has always seemed to be in, which is thriller or horror genres with the dark themes. Timing-wise, I believe 
they also would not have been able to produce such a show with these thing, teams if not for the ongoing trend. You know, with the mental health being more and more becoming more acceptable. After all, they have to consider if the audience is ready to accept it. If not, they would just receive backlash and not many people would support the show. Simply put, I guess it matters if they produce a show that would gain profit given the current trend. And whether it is for the better or worse, mental health issues being tackled in series in films is partly to increase awareness, but also because it is timely enough to be profitable. Yeah, I've also noticed that producers and writers seem to like putting mental health in these dark genres, which obviously doesn't put the topic into a good light. And one specific series that does come to mind is 13 Reasons Why. Uh, 13 Reasons Why. Uh, I, rem- I remember watching this show before. But anyway, there are so many problematic elements in the storytelling of this show. I'll try to explain without spoiling much of the story. So what I can say is that it antagonizes the person with mental health problems. Hannah Baker, the main character, who is suffering from... Well, not really the main character, but... It, the story revolves around him. She's the person suffering from depression in the story. And she was depicted to literally haunt each of the characters. And instead of showing hope and cure, it shows that mental health problems are something to be feared rather, rather than understood and cared for. It also misrepresents the problem and the person going through it to the point of exaggerating it. And this is done not with the intention to increase awareness but for the sake of increasing the dramatic appeal to cater to the audience. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I was the only one who noticed it, but with its depiction of suicide, you can really see that it's strayed away from, you know, the original novel's intention of increasing awareness about depression and suicide. The episodes had a lot of grotesque and shocking scenes. The first season became very controversial because of its dark depiction of depression. And despite the controversy of season one, it continued on with a second season, and a third season, and a fourth season. It seems that the producers especially took advantage of the demographic of their audience, teens and young adults who would relate themselves to the adolescent life depicted. Of course, these people would be intrigued because to some extent, they can project themselves into the high school characters. But in the end, they were more hooked to the way the story was told, and the actual original message from the novel was lost. It's great that you mentioned the uh, following seasons, and it was even more grotesque. Yeah, I agree. I tried watching the series back when it was initially released, and it was because I read the novel it was adapted from. I also read in the end, there was a Q&A that the author uh, explained that the novel was actually loosely based off of his young relative's experiences with how she almost took her life during high school. But sadly, even though I watched it, for that, I didn't get through and finish the whole season. Personally, I found it too dark and heavy and triggering, and it con- it triggered certain emotions that were very unpleasant. I didn't like how some things were exaggerated. At the same time, it made me personally feel scared and uncomfortable. And not the type that thrills me the way horror movies do, because I love watching horror and thriller films. It just felt more of like a personal attack. So, looking back and reading into it more, I noticed that 13 Reasons Why had an overall fo- focus on the shock and the shock factor and the emotions, the drama and the trauma. And sadly, that's the selling point of the show. And that's what's appealed to the audience. And this is how they capitalized 
on the depression and suicide of young young girl for profit. Some of my cousins and friends would talk about it, not because of the message of awareness, but more because of the entertainment aspect of it. They took advantage of the fact that people would rather watch intriguing shows more than educational ones. So they focused on the aspect that generated profit more than respecting the mental health issues they represented. Yeah, um, I agree. And I know that we're supposed to focus on the political economy behind the creation of these types of shows, but I feel like I need to share my own personal experience in regards to the show and my own mental health struggles. The first season of 13 Reasons Why, um, if I remember correctly, was released way back in 2017 and I remember it being very popular among the people in my age group. A lot of people in my high school talked about watching the show and just like the general public, people were split in half regarding their opinions about it. Um, at the time, I wasn't doing so well in my personal life and while I still have a lot of the problems I had back then, um, back in 2017, I didn't know how to handle the things that I was going through compared to today. I had a lot of self-esteem issues and difficulties with fitting in with any circle of people back then and a lot of the time I just felt lonely and empty inside. While I won't go into um, super specific details about what was happening to me um, since I don't feel too comfortable talking about it, uh, I more or less felt like I was a worthless person. I had no purpose. I felt people didn't like me. I didn't feel worthy of anyone's love and or attention. Um, I felt either numb or sad most of the time. I turned to self-harm often, and I genuinely did feel like killing myself. And I don't say that lightly. There was a day when I almost decided to kill myself by slitting my wrists, and if it weren't for the words of certain people close to me, I wouldn't be here today. Everything I went through back then was a genuine struggle and, you know, with all that in mind, it, it just, it personally rubs me the wrong way when shows like 13 Reasons Why are made. To be honest, I'm lucky that I didn't watch the show when it first came out because if I did, I probably would have been pushed off the edge. Admittedly, I didn't watch the entire series or the whole first season, but the episodes that I saw were enough to tell me that the show did an awful, awful job portraying how mental health issues and suicide really are. Mental health and, you know, mental health and suicide are very, very complex topics that require a lot of nuance to tackle them. But the show decided to go the route of glorifying suicide and portraying mental health in a negative light. The show portrayed mental health professionals as ineffective, unhelpful, and not worth seeing. And these type of things could have a very strong impact on an impressionable young audience. And it did. According to a study conducted by John W. Ayers, Benjamin Althaus, and Eric C. Lees, internet searches for how to kill yourself and how to commit suicide increased almost 20% after the show's release, and different school superintendents saw an increase in self-harming behavior from students after the show's initial popularity, and that's just in the U.S. alone. The show itself has been condemned by different mental health and psychology organizations around the world, such as the National Association of School Psychologists, and yet it somehow lasted four seasons. <sighs> Look, I don't want to continue going down this route because I'm probably going to end up being mad over it, but it's really important for people and media companies to know just how big of an effect media has on the public's perception of mental health and the mental health of others. Wow, okay, wow. Thank you for sharing that, Rawi. And um, that was very, I know that it might have been hard for you or it was a very heavy topic. And 
I really hope that you're in a better place right now and that you have, you know, professional help, help or at least someone that you can talk about. Thank you. So, this is why mental health shouldn't be taken lightly. It can affect our life and our social relations just as much as other physical health issues. And not only to be taken lightly, it also shouldn't be exploited or taken advantage of. It's great that there have been steps that are being taken towards a better attitude in facing and dealing with mental health issues. Of course, that stigma still definitely exists. It's still there. And shows like 13 Reasons Why, I think, are honestly not helping. Looking at this again from a polyacon perspective, we can definitely see how this show really doesn't do justice to the topic because the producers had a different intention. While they may have intended for it to be a show to raise awareness about depression and suicide, uh, with the way they portrayed it, it only seemed like a front. I agree that it may have just been a front because it seemed as if all the story elements, the genre, the dark themes, and the way they antagonize the main character through their passion, depression and the repercussions of her suicide, it all seemed too intriguing and depicted in a way that it was just for audience appeal, you know? And to attract teenagers and young adult viewers to, to watch it. Simply put, to get more viewers, more consumers. In the end, it was all about the profit. The fact that they released the second season and the third and the fourth that further capitalized in its dark aspect just further shows how it wasn't really about the awareness anymore, but catering to what the consumers stayed for, which is, again, what isn't, isn't what mental health topics should be about. Yeah, that's true. But, um, you know, um, there are still things that can be done to improve it, you know. Thankfully, there are TV shows and series that can be set as good examples of how to properly present mental health and still have a good story overall, as we um, mentioned earlier, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And there are ways that mental health can be presented in a good way. So, you know, um, these are just some. Uh, The first is to not antagonize the people from people suffering it. You know, if you have a character with mental health issues, don't make him the bad guy. Because ultimately, it makes the audience think that people with mental health issues are bad guys. Second is to not, yeah, thank you. Second is to not exaggerate. You know, it's important to not downplay it, but at the same time, don't overdo it. You know, uh, don't make it, you know, don't make them go like super crazy because, you know, uh, generally speaking, mental health disorders don't really make people act like that. Generally speaking, of course, there are Mm -hmm. exceptions. Of course. Third is uh, presenting the mental health issue as a problem, but in a hopeful light rather than a fearsome one. You know, as mentioned earlier, you know, it's always associated with these darker genres of, uh, of film or media. And it doesn't do a good job of portraying mental health in a good light. And, you know, it pre- you know, it's good to present it as a problem, but it's also good to present it as a problem that people can overcome. Yes, that there is a solution to it. Yes. Uh, fourth is, you know, an accurate portrayal of the issue. Um, you know, it's, it's important for characters with mental health issues to be very much like how people with mental health issues are in real life. They are complex, nuanced characters. You know, they're not one-sided, you know, they're not characters that are just one-sided and one-dimensional. And fifth is, you know, these shows could show that people suffering can actually get professional help. It's, it's good for these programs to show that getting help works and getting help is effective, whether it be from actual professionals or just the people mm-hmm. around you. So those are five ways that media companies can do a better job of presenting mental health overall. 
So with that in mind, there you have it. The commodification of mental health issues in the media. But before this episode ends, we want to remind our listeners that if you yourself are suffering from mental health issues, please do not be afraid to open up to people about it and seek help. Mental health issues aren't just something that people can handle alone. If you feel like you're going through a mental health crisis, don't be afraid to call the National Mental Health Crisis Hotline of the Philippines at 1553 for landline, 0966-351-4518, and 0917-899-8727 for Globe and TM subscribers, and 0908-639-2672 for SmartSun and TNT subscribers. Once again, this has been Rowie Supnet alongside Natalie De La Cruz for Polyeconversations Conversations and BMAS 109 on their Mam Cherish Brillion. If you like this type of content, follow DZUP's Spotify page for more podcasts related to media and political economy. Have a good life and thank you for listening. <laughs>